Hello and welcome. This is Parenting for the Everyday. I'm Becca Alvarez. And I'm Holly Dyke Andrew. We are two moms currently down in the trenches of parenthood. We want to create a community of support and encouragement as we set out to find the answers to the parenting questions that everyone is asking. From the easy stuff to the hard stuff, we want to talk about it all. Today's topic I am so excited about. It is how to foster healthy relationships with your kids that translate into adulthood. And we have two very special guests in the studio, Patty Guerreri and Barb Benden. Who are you? And tell us about yourself and your family. All right. I'm Patty Guerreri, and I have a husband, Chris, of 32 years, I think, give or take a year. And I have an older son, Chris, who is married to his wife, Riley, and they live in Tremont. I have a daughter who is Alyssa, and she lives in Memphis, Tennessee. And then another daughter, Jessica, who also lives in Tremont. So all three of those are out of the house. And then I have David, my youngest, and he is 24 and lives with with us and he has some special needs so he'll be there for a little bit and i'm barb um husband norm and we moved to hudson in 2000 from the youngstown area my youngest is melissa and she's 31 and my oldest is nicole she's 33 um one went to cbca one went to hudson which was a huge um difference for that my husband's retired i still work part-time and we have a puppy named zoe I think that's about it. <laughs> I am so excited uh, just to be talking with you guys today and get some wisdom for you from you. Um, it's interesting because I have uh, I've got twins that are almost seven, and then I've got a teenager, but I'm still very much involved in everything that my kids do. We haven't reached a point where there's any real independence yet, and so I know that that's the future, right, is that we have some independent kids. And so just talking about this transition and what we can be doing now in our homes that will help us to have these healthy relationships with our kids where uh, when we invite them over, they're not rolling their eyes and don't want to go see you. And so I'm just excited to talk with you guys today. I am also so excited. I think partially being that adult child who has a special relationship with my parents, that's something I so desire for my children. So like Holly said, um, wanting to start those habits early and know when is that transition from parent and authority to maybe more of a friendship and um, camaraderie. So what does that look like going from a voice of authority to just a voice of influence? For me, it was one of the hardest things to do um, because you always want to influence your kids and make them, you know, do what you want them to do. Uh, my mother is 94 and she still tries to tell me how to do things. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> uh, you just have to find, and it could be different for each child because one could be very independent early mm -hmm. yeah. and the other one might take a while. So you just have to uh, do a temperature check on the kids. And then let it go. Yeah. And I said, I would agree with that. And I think one of the biggest things is just recognizing that that is our role is that first, they are young and they do not know anything. And so we really need to be there to be the authoritative figure and to set the rules and boundaries and instruct them and teach them. But then while they are still in our home preparing to leave, we want to be able to hand over some responsibilities for them to be able to make decisions and figure out things on their own in the same safety of their own home. And then just like Barb said, we're kind of testing and seeing how they're doing and moving them either to a little bit more firmness or a little bit more ability to go ahead and be become more independent. 
what, yeah, what are some things that you guys have found? Um, maybe things that went really well or things that didn't go well, but things that got in the way of relationship or things that threatened to get in the way of that relationship staying uh, healthy and in a good place? I think part of mine was probably um, a little bit of a fear of allowing them to fail. And so wanting to spend kind of more time being the controlling authoritative figure. And um, and then when things weren't going maybe as well as I thought it, they would have liked to, just becoming more condemning, like, why aren't you doing these mm-hmm. things? Instead of kind of like, why, what is going on in your heart and your mind that you're not doing these things? So I think part of it was just more my frustrations of not seeing things move exactly as I wanted at sometimes. Other times it was fine. Yeah. And I wasn't really a, a authoritative mom or rule-making rule mom, and part of my problem was consistency. I was not consistent. Um, I was an older mom, so my emotions got in the way a lot. So if I was having a good day, they could do almost anything they wanted, but then <laughs> look out tomorrow when I wasn't doing so well, and they didn't. so they didn't know what they were allowed to do and what they weren't. Yeah. And I think that society is shifting so much where a lot of parents are having a harder time finding that authoritative voice and maybe being a little bit more passive or more of the friend earlier in life. Um, In high school, really not necessarily preparing your kids to going out of the home. Um, So what do you say to parents? What is the benefit of kind of having those rules and that authority? And what can be the danger of being too much of a friend too soon? Well, I even had my... uh oldest daughter tell me now, you know, as an adult, that um, she would have wished I would have had more consistent rules and I would have had rules instead of worrying about her emotional well-being if I made this rule or, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I think just having guidelines and rules set and, and not only having them set, but then explaining them to the children, then they know what your mm-hmm. expectations are. Um, and if they're following through on those, then everything is not. But if they are not, then and they are aware of what consequences will follow, then that is that consistency that you're looking for. Now, as I understand, Barb, it's hard to do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. we get a little bit of lazy or tired. And I can remember times, and this is something I hope we get to later, is just being on the same page with our spouses, because sometimes I know I would get a little bit lax and my husband would come home and he'd say, don't talk to your mother like that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so having those consistent um, demands and expectations Mm -hmm. that they know. One thing that we did do right when they were 16 and driving, we went online and got a contract and we um, had them sign it and they even helped make it. So what it entailed was if you get a speeding ticket, if you have too many kids in the car, if, you know, whatever the infraction was, it was in the contract that if that happens, they don't get the car for a week. If that happens, they pay the fines. If, and that way the, it takes the emotion out of the infraction so that when it does happen, then it's in the contract. The kids helped make the contract, and it, that helped a lot. And I think there's a real importance to just having that willingness to set rules and to stick with the rules. I know um, in the other podcast, Church Unplugged, Pastor Zach made a point of being willing to fight with your kids for your kids so that they know 
that they're worth fighting for. They're worth the discomfort in order to show them this is kind of how we want you to do life. And this is the responsibility we want you to learn how to hold and, and benefit from. Yeah, a lot of what I'm hearing is that it's not necessarily so much about the rules themselves, but as the consistency and that the child knows the expectations yes. uh, for what how they are expected to behave. But then also it sounds like, Patty, when you're talking about giving them room to fail, that they're going to be able to come before you and say, hey, I've messed up, and then how you respond to that. So it sounds like that's a little bit more, not so much like it needs to be this rule and you need to be this authoritative, but more that you're consistent, your kids know what to expect, and that you're there if they uh, if they fail. So dive in a little bit deeper. Like what are little habits uh, that we could start now while our kids are younger, um, that when we start getting to those late teenage years and we start making those transition that they will start paying dividends? I can say one of the things that I wish I'd always done is, yes, we're laying down rules and expectations and things, but I always wish that something I always did was always tell them I love them. Just Mm -hmm. keep going over and over and not just telling them I love them, but then also just that physical affection that goes along with it. I said, well, you know, when the kids are little, you're used to holding them and feeding them and carrying them. And then as they become a little bit more independent, and especially if you have other children, then you kind of lose some of that just even physical intimacy. And so just continuing to balance those rules and regulations and expectations with the I'm loving you. I'm for you. Um, We care about you. Um, And then again, as they're maybe making choices that aren't so good, again, just not going to condemnation, but really trying to get into instead of like, what did you do that for? But really, what did you do that for? What's going on in your heart and your mind so that it's not really about whether they do something or not do something, but really what's going on in their heart and mind that's causing them to do those things. And then you know what they're thinking, and you can begin to address those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the unconditional love, I have been praying for that for 30 years um, and continue to pray for that because it's very easy if your kids do something wrong to not like them anymore, not let, <laughs> depending on what the infraction is. Yeah. Um, so... Also, let them see you praying. Let them see you having quiet time. If you have quiet time and they interrupt you, just say, I need five more minutes. You know, actions speak way louder than words to the kids. And my daughter even told me that when I asked her what I did right or wrong. She goes, honestly, she goes, I really don't remember a word you said. (laughs) Because I was not paying attention at the time. She goes, but... Actions, definitely. She has recounted things that I've done numerous times, but she's never come back and said, I remember when you said This lecture whatever. was the one. Yeah. She doesn't remember any of that. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes um, also, so we're setting these rules and regulations and expectations, but as they are beginning to grow, I think it's okay to involve them in some of them. So just giving them a little freedom within reasons like, okay, your bedtime is eight o'clock. You're getting a little bit and they want to go to bed later. Well, all right, let's see. Do you think, are you feeling tired? Do you feel like eight o'clock is better or do you want to do 830? So you're still giving them some choices, but they're kind of within, within limits and then saying, okay, so how did that work? How do you feel the next day? So you're beginning to give them a little bit of independence, but you're helping them to think from their selves, um, not just listening because you said so. So We also have to let them fail. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that is the <laughs> hardest thing to do. Sit there and know your child is making a mistake. She's making the choice, and you know she's going to fail, and you have to just sit there and within reason, safety. You know, you have to put that first, but just And go wait ahead and until like, they come to you? Like in their failure, like is that what I'm hearing? So like yes. you've let them fail. You're not going to them afterwards and saying like, "Hey, Never. you messed up." You're waiting for them to come and say, "Hey, mom, I've I've messed up." Never tell struggling. them. I told you so. <laughs> never, never. That's good. That's really good. That is really, really difficult because I think that what so often comes with failure is hurt and pain, and you don't want your kids to be in pain ever. Um, but it's important, you know, you learn from that pain and you learn from failure so much, often so much more than you learn from your success. So I think that that is a great point, but it's hard. Do you have any parameters? I know you mentioned safety. Do you have any parameters of when do you start letting them fail? Anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just like with the child, you you let them walk within a safe area and you know they're going to fall, but they need mm-hmm. to fall in order to learn how to walk. Um, but then you're not going to let them play with an electrical socket to see if, you know, to, to teach right. them that it, they're going to get shocked. So you just, I would say from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I can, I, and I'm in agreement with you. I said, I think one of the other things that I was thinking about with that is maybe sometimes when mercy and grace have overstayed their visit, mm-hmm. like the first time something happens with, you know, a child, you don't want to just let them fail immediately. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to have a teachable moment and then come to and say, okay, this didn't work. You forgot your lunch. I'm going to bring your lunch to school today, but you need to, you know, I'm not going to be able to bring your lunch to you when you're at work. So from now on, I'm going to expect you to do that. And if you do not, then you're just not going to have to have a lunch that day or something, whatever the situation is. Um, And then I like, Barb, what you said, you're also looking at what are the consequences of them not forgetting or they're not, um, or failing. If the consequence is something that is dangerous to them or that causes many more repercussions, you're not going to start with something like mm-hmm. that. You're going to, you're going to scoop in. But then over time, um, you, you know, you're assessing how is that going? How is it working? Or now am I enabling them by not um, being a little bit more firm and letting them fail? So obviously the hope is they fail and then they're like, you were so right and I (laughs) need you, you know, um, but assuming uh, having been one of those those kids that failed and maybe didn't come as quick as I could have to my parents, um, what would you what would you say are things that you can do when that relationship is strained? And so when you see that your child is failing or making poor decisions or um, there's friction kind of between you guys, how do you live in that relationship? Are there certain things that you do that you don't do kind of walk us through what it would look like um I think a couple of things um if the relationship is strained I think one remembering that they are the child and you are the parent so we need to be the growing up but we can't have the expectations that they are going to come and want to make everything right um and and just to make sure that we are not taking things personally um I know I have heard things that my kids would say, like, I hate you, or things like that. And just knowing that doesn't really mean they hate you. It means that I hate that you won't let me get my way right now. So just beginning to say, to realize that, you know, God is working in them. 
they are learning, they are figuring things out. So having patience, um, I think looking at the things that they say, is there anything that I've done that I've responded to cause the relationship to be strained? Did I lose my temper? Do I need to apologize? So, so I think in every situation, just realizing that it is my job to follow up and um, either agree to disagree and say let's move on from that or address my issue in the in the issue in the issue and again we're in the adult um phase of children and there's a book by Jim Burns doing life with your adult children keep your mouth shut and the welcome <laughs> mat out and that says it all um, that's basically with adult children uh you have to do and one of the quotes from in there was unsolicited advice is usually taken as criticism. And that was huge for me because I'm the first one to say, well, you you could do it this way. This would be better. No matter how nice you say it, Mm -hmm. it still comes out as advice. Mm -hmm. And when they're adults, they don't need it. They don't want it. And I also try and remember if I was 30-something and my mom said this to me, how would I have taken it? And I probably would have taken it as criticism rather than advice, too. I like the part of that book that says, keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out. With that welcome mat portion, is there, are there any choices that should or could sever the relationship? Well, sever is drastic. So I would right. say sever the relationship. I can't think of anything because God never severs our relationship no matter what we do. So I can't imagine severing. Now, boundaries is a completely different story. Um, yes, there should be boundaries um, if they're doing something that isn't in your beliefs. Um, there has to be boundaries in, in any relationship. And I would agree with Barb. Um, sever, no. However, there could be a time um, where if they are uh, dangerous to another member of your family um, or, you know, another child or something, that there may have to be some things that may have to be put in place that you may need a separation for a period of time or for them to be able to get the help that they need um, while maintaining the safety of the other people involved. But, But other than that, we cannot let Um, frustrations and irritations sever our relationship. It is our job to come back as the parent and work together to restore it. Yeah, I love the parallel. Your first response was to say, well, that's not how God has loved me, and so I'm going to show the same love. Um, One of the best parenting advice that I ever got was this notion of remember that your kids are sinners in need of a Savior. Sometimes we look at their sin and we're we're offended by it and we're bothered by it, and I feel like it's easier when they're throwing a temper tantrum. Like, oh, you little sinner. You know, we're going to work on that. You know, but when they're making some really hard choices or they're hurting you or they're saying things to remember that perspective um, is really hard. Um, And so I just love this notion of saying like, okay, I'm going to let the Lord work. I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to love them in that season. I am sure it is easier said than done, but I think (laughs) there's just a lot of wisdom there. 
Um, so some of the seasons that maybe could, uh, we, we, like we just talked about the, the toddlers and the temper tantrums, but the, some of the seasons that could maybe start to hinder the relationship. What about this like moody teenage season where it's like hormones and one day this is fine and the next day it's not. And then, you know, kind of the wise fool where they know everything, but they really know nothing. Um, how do you got, how did you guys, uh, things you did well, things that you wish you did different when you look back, uh, how did you guys kind of outlast that and keep the relationships intact through those seasons? Well, I invested in a very good set of knee pads because <laughs> it does take prayer um, for both of you. It takes prayer for yourself to get through it. Um, and mainly um, one hint that I did find anytime I wanted to talk because teenagers don't really talk um, was car rides, walks. Any time that you are both side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and looking forward rather than sit, don't sit a teenager down at a table and say, let's talk. Um, let's go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. Hey, I need to go to the store. Do you want to ride along? And I got a lot better conversations doing it that way than sitting them down at a table. It's super practical. I love that. Yeah. yeah, and Barb, I would answer that the same way. My first reaction would be prayer. Now, I'm not saying that always was the nope. first reaction, nope. um, but prayer and patience, just remembering that this is a season. You know, you asked in what season. It is a season. It doesn't mean that everything that happens now is going to, you know, if they're having a challenge or a really hard time, that they're not going to move through those, those seasons. Um, and the other thing, so prayer and patience with them, just knowing that God is working. But the other one is really to invest in your relationships that are supportive with you, mainly your spouse, if you have one. Um, I can just remember times when I would just say to my husband, I am so glad that because we're having issues with this person, you know, her or him, I'm so glad that we are on the same page here because that is just so much more helpful. And if you do not have a spouse, then same thing, just investing in relationships of girlfriends um, or guy friends, if it's guys who can come alongside you and help you and um, and just be honest with them. These are the things that we're going through. What, are you, what did you do in these situations? Just other Christian friends who can pour into that. We have spent a lot of this episode kind of talking about the difficult things and the difficult seasons and... Um, the difficult things about adult adulthood and adult children, but we invited you guys here because you also have wonderful relationships with your adult children. So tell us, what is your favorite thing about your relationship with your kids right now? Right now, I can just hang out with them and have fun. I don't have to worry about what they're doing. It's not my responsibility. <laughs> it's not a reflection on me. Um, on Facebook, it doesn't matter um, what they put on because they're not going to say, oh, look at where's the mom, you know. So, yeah. so that's what's great. Yeah, and I said, just being true friends now. And I said, I loved my children growing up, but we weren't friends. So we were parent and child, and now we we share similar situations. You know, we all, all have jobs. I'm hoping for kids. I'm hoping eventually, or grandkids, kids for them. Um, but we just share more life experiences that is really just more talking about how things are going versus a, you know, authoritarian figure and it's them. just fun yeah. right. right it's just fun enjoying them and seeing them right. mature into great right. adults despite any challenges yeah. that we had growing up so what's great is we're laughing again together yeah. um yeah. you go through a phase where you don't laugh very often <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it all comes back
I love that. I, I think that's so encouraging, even like if we're stuck in a hard season, to look forward and say, hey, you know, one day um, this hard work will pay off and we get to, you know, hopefully, uh, by God's grace, get to be friends and just enjoy each other. And so keeping your eyes on that is really encouraging. Um, what's one thing, if you look back, that you would have done differently that you said, I wish I didn't do this or I wish I did do this? Anything kind of stick out? One thing? Yeah, just one thing. <laughs> the biggest thing. Just I think um, not worrying about what other people think. Um, I just, I didn't have social media at the time. And I cannot imagine all the beautiful pictures you see on Facebook of all these beautiful families. And then you turn around and look at your own and it's a crisis. I can't imagine judging my family compared to the social media thing. So probably not worrying so much about what other people would say or think. Yeah. And I think I've answered that a couple of times in this talk already, but I'll say it again. I think really just trying to understand their heart and mind a little bit better, you know, instead of just looking at actions, just more getting to what is going on in your heart and your mind to have good conversations and then just reminding them how much I love them and care about them all the time. It happened, but all the time mm-hmm. that they knew that was number one. I would have done that differently. What would you say to parents who are in current conflict with their kids? How do you begin to reconcile? In current conflict? Current conflict. Yeah. Pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going right. to say that. Yeah, pray. Um, and also I think just the thought process that you do have an influence on your child, but you are ultimately not responsible for every choice that they make. And so I think there's a little bit of freedom to know that um, I want to be praying about how do I right now love this child and what does that look like, Lord? You know all what's going on in their heart and their mind, and I only know a little bit about what's going on in their heart and mind. So show me the next Next step in loving them. What is it? Grace, mercy, um, holding them accountable. What is it? I agree with that. Yeah, definitely start praying first and pray to have unconditional love, to show them that you love them no matter what. Um, pray for yourself to deal with the situation rather than praying for them to change because mm. it get your mind in a completely different place. If you're praying for you to change, to be a better mom, rather than praying for them to be a better child, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I, I feel like that's gold. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. makes so much sense. Um, okay, I know you guys have said a lot of things. One more kind of big <laughs> summary. Um, what's one piece of advice that you would give parents who are just in a season of littles? So, um, Chaos, crisis, all the things, just a piece of advice that you would, or encouragement even, that you would give parents. Who are parents of the littles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, one of the probably biggest things is just I was so concerned with everything that had to be done and how come I couldn't get this done and that done. And, you know, instead of just saying, I'm just going to enjoy it, like thinking of parenting as really just a privilege and um, a gift versus sometimes just an exhaustion. 
So, and I think just having that attitude changes that I get to pour into these people. I'm tired, but you have given me these little, you know, children. Um, and just that attitude change, I think, would have been helpful. And I would say um, being an older mom when they were toddlers, I didn't worry as much about cleaning the house. It was tidy. It was safe, but it wasn't perfect. But I spent hours down on the floor playing games with them, doing things with them, take them to parks, doing scavenger hunts. Um, Just doing that made such a difference rather than worrying about if someone comes over and the laundry's not done or it's all over the um, laundry room. It, It just was a much better time. Guess who's not doing her laundry? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being here, for sharing yourselves, your families with us, and just your wisdom. We really appreciate it. I think this is such a beautiful topic and have loved having you guys here and getting to know you a little bit more. Mm-hmm.